It's here. It's now. It's totally exciting. The new Showboat Race and Sportsbook. So different you have to experience it yourself. The Showboat Race and Sportsbook. The next best thing to being there. Feel the thrills. Ride the winners. It's all here at the Showboat Race and Sportsbook. Come in and let the Showboat put you in the middle of all the action all the time. The Showboat Race and Sportsbook. We're out to make an impression on you because when it comes to sports, you can bet on the boat. Wait a minute. Did the Showboat Race and Sportbook just become a sponsor of Rocketship FM? Well, that would be impossible, Michael, because the Showboat Casino in Las Vegas closed down about 19 years ago. But that was a commercial promoting its sportsbook that aired, well, decades ago. And why are we airing a decades-old sportsbook commercial on Rocketship then? Fair question uh, for today's episode of Rocketship. I thought we could dig into something that's really exploded over the past year or so. The marriage of technology and sports gambling. Ah, okay, okay. So we've certainly seen things explode onto the scene recently with sports gambling becoming legal throughout much of the United States. It sort of started with apps like DraftKings and FanDuel and then introduced the concept of like daily fantasy sports. And we had that episode in particular in the past, but more recently, our mobile devices have essentially become mobile sports books, enabling those of age to put a wager on their favorite sports teams in a matter of seconds. Yeah, it's been pretty fast moving. So there's a lot to get into and let's do that right after we roll this intro. Welcome to Rocketship.fm. Rocketship FM is produced in partnership with Product Collective. We are your hosts, Michael Saka. And I'm Mike Belsito. But first, let's hear a word from our sponsors. As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI for more. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun.com. 
P-O-R-K-B-U-N.com forward slash RocketShipFM24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live small group cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. So sports betting technologies, again, a topic we've covered before, right? Yes. Yeah, we've done an episode in the past on the business of fantasy sports. We talked to Matt Kalish, one of the co-founders of DraftKings, which is one of the largest daily fantasy sports companies and now sports betting companies around today. In fact, at one point, we even covered how DraftKings and its top competitor, FanDuel, were set to merge. Of course, that didn't happen because federal regulators essentially halted it because of a potential monopoly in the market. But a lot has changed since we ran our episodes on daily fantasy sports, right? Yes, mainly that sports betting has become legalized in most of the U.S. states, including my own home state here in Ohio. Here's a new segment from an NBC affiliate, WKYC, here in my hometown of Cleveland, Ohio. It's officially 2023, and the countdown to the legalization of sports betting in Ohio has come to an end. It's been a long time coming. I think a lot of people in the state of Ohio have been very uh, eagerly anticipating a day where they can place a legal wager on their favorite teams. From the newly opened BetJack Sportsbook in downtown Cleveland, VP of Sports and Gaming, Adam Sullivan, explained how he thinks betting will benefit Ohio. It's the first digital form of gaming that this state's ever seen. And I think it expands the footprint of what gaming um, can provide in terms of tax revenue for the state. Ohio now joins 27 states, plus the District of Columbia, that now allows residents to bet on professional, collegiate, national, and esports. So gambling on sports here, it's legal, whether it's in a place like the Jack Casino, which is in downtown Cleveland, or right in your mobile phone. Big news. DraftKings Sportsbook is coming to Ohio. You'll be so dialed into every play that you forget to eat your wings. You made my wings cold, DraftKings. <sighs> Flailing your arms like you can disrupt the free throw. Miss fool! And a home run will have you crying like it's the birth of your child. I'm so happy. DraftKings Sportsbook is coming to Ohio. Download the app now to get $200 in free bets, plus a shot at a $100,000 free bet when we go live. Action's so good, why bet anywhere else? Yeah. Like on apps such as, well... DraftKings, and many others. Was that Kevin Hart? Yeah, definitely was Kevin Hart. Uh, It's another sports betting commercial, just very different than the first one we heard in this episode. And yes, features comedian Kevin Hart. Uh, This was from before DraftKings officially launched its mobile sportsbook app into the Ohio market. But yeah, now it's up and running. And just in the first five months alone, Ohio sports betting revenue from online and in-person sportsbooks stands at over $500 million. And that's not a bad start 
at all. Of course, that's just one state. Right. Sports gambling throughout the United States has grown rapidly everywhere. Here's an excerpt from a Bloomberg special report titled How Online Sports Betting is Changing the Game. We're going to come back to this throughout the episode, but this clip shows how explosive the growth has been. Legal sports betting in the U.S. went from less than five billion dollars in bets placed in 2018 to 57 billion in 2021 and an estimate of 200 billion overall in 2023. Showtime! A-list celebrities, billion-dollar marketing budgets, partnerships with every major sports league. Today, sports betting is impossible to avoid. So again, incredible growth. In fact, it's 40x revenue growth from 2018 to what's estimated to be done in 2023. It's the kind of growth that if you had this at a startup company, well, you probably would have IPO'd by now. Your <laughs> face would have been all over Fortune and Forbes. You'd probably have your very own rocket ship episode profiling just how amazing you were. Yeah, hey, that is probably true. <laughs> <laughs> but this growth, it hasn't come along just because people are more interested in sports gambling. It's just become a lot easier, mostly because of regulations which have legalized sports gambling in most U.S. states and the proliferation of approved sports betting apps. Let's go back to that Bloomberg segment. And the top sports gambling companies work more like Facebook and Google than a Las Vegas casino, using big data to encourage more bets from users while simultaneously keeping down big winners. What we see with online sports betting and mobile sports apps looks a lot more like a slot machine than traditional sports betting. A slot machine. By that, you could think of these sportsbooks apps as being, well, similar to a lot of consumer apps, honestly. I mean, the product people behind them, well, they're all about engagement. So they want you on the app a lot. They'll find ways to make it easy for you to gamble, even if it's the promise of a million dollar jackpot with as little of a bet as say, you know, 50 cents or a dollar. Not unlike slot machines at the casinos, right? They're inviting to play. They don't cost a whole lot to have a chance to win. They can be big jackpots too. That, by the way, we know not everybody wins. So yeah, I, I can see the connection. Question is, how did we even get here? Well, I guess we should rewind a bit, right? Sports gambling, it's been around forever. It's been reported that the first sports bets are said to have existed for the 23rd Olympiad back in 676 BC. Back then, there were gladiator fights, and those fights, people would bet on the fights, right? Later, chariot racing and then the early Olympic Games, they became popular to bet on as well. In the United States in the early 19th century, horse racing and boxing became very popular sports to bet on. And then some of today's popular professional sports like baseball became really popular for gamblers. By 1877, however, sports gambling started to get in the way of sports itself. It was discovered that like the Louisville Grays were throwing games. An article from the Washington Post in 1894 stated this about Cap Anson, the manager of the Chicago Colts. Uncle Anson has already started making wagers on the position the Chicago Colts will have in the race for the National League pennant next year. He put up $100 a few days ago that his team would finish higher in the race than the Pittsburgh Pirates. I mean, just imagine that a uh, Major League Baseball manager talking about the bets that he's placing. 
but crazy anyway sports betting especially within baseball it, it continued on even despite continued scandals there were eight players on the chicago white Sox that were bribed into throwing the 1919 world series even scandals like that didn't really stop sports gambling in fact Whereas before, the laws were sort of vague about sports gambling. In 1931, this started to change. The state of Nevada explicitly legalized sports gambling. Later, a handful of other states followed suit. Now, a couple decades later, some anti-gambling regulations started to happen, which pushed a lot of gambling activities outside of certain states like Nevada, sort of underground in the shadows. The participation of the mafia in sports betting led to the Interstate Wire Act of 1961. But the biggest regulation of sports gambling actually came in the early 1990s. That's right. The Professional and Amateur Sports Protection Act of 1992, or the PASPA, banned sports betting in the United States, except for in the four states that had already established legal sports betting operations. But even at that time, it was really just Nevada that had the single game wagering. The other states were limited to glorified lottery tickets, sport themed pull tabs and like bingo style games. But then in 2018, something happened. Here's a segment from CBS Morning News with a piece of legislation that's really laid the pavement for where we're at today. It's a country moving to launch sports betting operations after a Supreme Court decision cleared the way to do that. In a six to three vote yesterday, the justices struck down a decades old federal law that barred betting on football, baseball, basketball and other sports. The court said the law violated states' rights. Americans spend an estimated $150 billion with a B a year on illegal sports betting. Legalized gambling could offer states a new source of tax revenue. The original challenge came from New Jersey, which says it will have sports betting up and running within weeks. The NFL, Major League Baseball, and the NCAA urge the court to uphold the ban. They argued that expanding gambling hurts the integrity of their sports. So now sports gambling is legal. Well, sort of anyway. It's not that it's legalized everywhere, but it's no longer illegal at the federal level, opening up opportunities for states to make their own decisions on the legality of sports betting inside of their own states. And for sports bettors, that was really good news. But what did the professional sports leagues think? More on that after a quick break. This episode is brought to you by Yahoo Finance. Wouldn't it be great if you could see all of your investment and retirement accounts in one place? With Yahoo Finance, you can consolidate your views with multiple accounts into one hub and access the expert analysis you need to tend to your entire portfolio with confidence. Honestly, this has been a lifesaver for me. I've used Yahoo Finance to consolidate all of my various 401k and investment accounts so I can see everything all in one place. And it makes it incredibly easy to manage. So if you're struggling with that, check out Yahoo Finance. For over 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart a great investor. And that's how Yahoo Finance ensures that you have the insights to look at your wealth in its entirety. So go to yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination. When Rain Wilson realized he had a special gift for talking people to sleep, he had two choices. Construct a massive speaker that would blast his voice to every person in the country or 
invent a talking pillow. AT&T Business eventually talked him into the pillow thing. And backed by a reliable network, the only network with built-in security controls, Sleep With Rain was a hit. Take your ideas to the moon and beyond at business.att.com. That's business.att.com. So before the break, we talked a bit about the explosion of sports gambling and sports betting apps that we've seen the past year. Yeah, and to be fair, we didn't get too far on that, but we're going to get back there. Um, First, though, we went back in time for a bit of a history lesson on sports gambling and the law. It was only very recently, 2018, where the Supreme Court struck down a previous federal law that banned gambling in all but a handful of states. The overturning of that law created some complications for professional sports leagues. On one hand, they had to protect the integrity of the game. But on the other hand, they knew that this was a major opportunity to bring new attention and new business to the leagues. Let's go back to that Bloomberg segment, where first we hear from Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA. After the ruling, the major American professional sports leagues, who all at one point denounced sports gambling, started doing a rapid 180. But I think it's ultimately a positive thing, and our view is both from an integrity standpoint and a regulatory standpoint, and ultimately for states and federal jurisdictions raise tax, it should be a regulated industry. First, the NBA partnered with the sports betting companies, and then the NFL, MLB, and NHL quickly followed. And today, these leagues that were cautiously optimistic, well, now they and their teams are all in, entering into partnerships with sports betting companies left and right. Back to that Bloomberg segment. The other side of the coin when it comes to growing the sports betting business are partnerships with the sports leagues themselves. These partnerships are hugely lucrative. Betting apps are partnering with just about every major sports team they can because it's a way for them to get their brands in front of viewers. So here at DC United in my hometown, we have a retail sports book. We have retail sports books also at the Footprint Arena in Phoenix, the home of the Suns. We will have one uh, coming soon in the United Center, home of the Blackhawks and the Bulls in Chicago. As a partner, we're not just a category that they're selling. We're actually something that really is integrated into their game, into their fan experience. We need to be woven into the pregame narratives when people are discussing the game. For the leagues, this is a massive win. It makes fans more engaged than ever. Just think about it. If the Orlando Magic are playing the Charlotte Hornets on a Monday night, most people won't care. But if someone has money on that game, Well, now they're invested in every play. We can help deepen the affinity that their customers have for the game and deepen the engagement that their customers have with their content. So now today we're DraftKings and FanDuel, the early incumbents and the companies that introduced us all to daily fantasy sports. Well, they're still into that, but they also pivoted hard into online sports gambling, and now they're leading the market. Here are tonight's betting odds brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the number one. Over at DraftKings right now, it's free to enter $1,000 in free prizes. DraftKings and FanDuel have dominated the market, boasting between 60 to 70% of the entire sports betting market. And they've spent massive amounts to get there. You know what to do. You're seeing very expensive celebrities, Jamie Foxx, Patton Oswalt, advertising sportsbooks, advertising betting apps and you're seeing it in these partnerships with sports teams in just about every major state that's legalized sports gambling. Sky-high advertising budgets have kept both companies in the red for years. 
DraftKings revenue was 1.3 billion in 2021. Its sales and marketing expenses were almost a billion dollars in 2021, and that was double from the previous year. I mean, you'd expect these companies to be wildly profitable because, as they say, the house always wins, right? Yeah, and that's true, but like any massive consumer app, awareness is key. And as we've seen from these major players in the online sports betting industry, awareness isn't cheap. It costs a lot of money to hire celebrities, to market your product, create these commercials, to even get people to be comfortable with online gambling. I mean, I remember when most of these companies came out, they were offering you know, like $200 or sometimes even more in free bets just to sign up and start using their app. Yeah. Did you take advantage of any of those offers? I know that you're into this world. I mean, I am a fantasy sports fan for sure. And I'll admit I did take advantage of some of those offers. I got the free bets and play some wagers with the free bets, but then I cashed out and I've never used them since. (laughs) Okay. So you're the reason these companies aren't profitable yet. Well, believe me, for every person like me who, you know, signed up just to get the free bets, there are definitely plenty of others who've continued to bet and continue to hand their money over to DraftKings, FanDuel, and all those other sports betting companies that have spawned in the last year or two. In fact, FanDuel actually has finally reached profitability, and I'm sure DraftKings isn't far behind. They have something going for them, too. Mobile sports betting has some advantages over in-person gambling, more so than just the convenience. Now they can offer new products, essentially. So once these sites acquire these customers, they have to keep them there. And they have definitely found their hook. The industry hypes the game within the game. These are in-game bets. And in-game bets are seen as a great growth market because you don't just place one bet at the beginning of the week and you're done. In-game betting is one of the great examples of where the mobile online product really can be so differentiated from the brick-and-mortar product. We have seen the adoption of in-play betting, again, be a, a bit quicker in the United States than perhaps we anticipated. For decades, sports betting was limited to betting on just the games. Who would win, how many points the team would score, who will cover the spread. In-game betting allows the user to bet throughout the game, Every pitch of a baseball game, every point of a tennis match, every play of an NFL game on a free throw, on you name it, you know, those are things that I think customers want and haven't necessarily been able to get in the brick and mortar setting. This is advertised at you the whole game long. It keeps you thinking about betting and involved in betting throughout the game. It really creates engagement at a deeper level, which of course makes people bigger fans and makes them tune into the content longer and pay more attention to it. And if your bet loses mid-game, then you're pitched another bet to try to recoup your losses. Of course, being pitched bet after bet to recoup your losses, I don't know. It kind of sounds like dangerous, maybe. Yeah, that could potentially be a big problem. More on the problem that today's proliferation of online betting apps pose after a quick break. Before the break, we learned a brief history of sports betting and more about the proliferation of sports betting apps here in the United States. But with many of these apps being, well, so good, does it pose a problem? Is it potentially dangerous? Going back to that Bloomberg segment, we answer that question. It's dangerous because it does have the potential to keep you chasing losses. Chasing losses is maybe the most dangerous phrase in sports betting. I think there's an intuitive sense. If there are more things to bet on, that creates more of an opportunity for someone who has a compulsive behavior issue. 
You look at the structural characteristics of in-play betting, it is extremely rapid. While there is an illusion of skill and control, actually, in many cases, those bets are just, uh, yeah, it's almost like playing a slot machine. Every five seconds, you can bet a new one. Which can make betting on sports less about heightening the game and more about getting a fix. Getting a fix. We hear that phrase when people are addicted to things, whether it's alcohol, drugs, the same sort of addiction risks that are absolutely in play here with sports betting, especially when we're making it so easy for people by putting the sports book literally in their hands. Yeah, it runs the risk of people getting swept up in the allure of making money. People like, well, how about this random YouTuber? So it's safe to say I don't know much, but one thing I noticed recently is a lot of stock traders like to bet on sports over the weekend just to get their fix. A few weeks ago on Twitter, I saw someone who bet a few hundred dollars on a parlay bet of NFL games and turned that few hundred into about $80,000. So suffice to say, that kind of piqued my interest. I mean, in the fewer than 20 seconds we heard from this YouTuber, he admitted that he didn't know much about sports. He noticed that people are trying to, quote, get their fix. But his interest is piqued because he saw some random person on social media make a lot of money from it. Yeah, and if average Joes take on this mindset, well, it's a really big problem. Yeah, the average Joes like, well, this person here, Harry Levant. Former lawyer Harry Levant stole from clients and lost their millions at this casino. He now advocates for regulation. I had to walk into this building to place a bet. Gambling is now being delivered on every single electronic device all day long, all night, on every single sporting event. T says he placed his last bet in October and worries about children this weekend watching the big game. They see gambling ads everywhere. Even commentators to, to the games are talking about the live odds and what the odds are for the game. And it's not just a problem outside of the field. It's becoming a problem on the field, too. Within the past year, we've started to see professional athletes receiving large suspensions for breaking league's rules and getting in on the gambling action. Here's a segment from the show Undisputed just three months ago with some breaking news at the time. Breaking news out of the NFL this morning. Five players have now been suspended for gambling. Jamison Williams of the Lions and Stanley Berryhill of the Commanders suspended six games. Meanwhile, Lions players Quintez Cephas and C.J. Moore, plus the Commanders Shaka Tony, have all been suspended for at least one year. The Lions have now released Cephas and Moore. And Undisputed's Shannon Sharp with his take. Shannon, your thoughts on this? Dumb. There you have it. In one word, dumb. You got to love Shannon Sharp. <laughs> for sure. But, but in all seriousness, I mean, this is exactly what the league was trying to avoid. They don't want their players gambling and have rules against it. And so to their credit, once they found out it was happening, they did come down hard on them. Now, these players weren't gambling on their team's games or even NFL games. They still violated league rules, and now they're paying the price. But it's another example of how gambling within sports is bringing complications. I mean, yes, they did violate league rules. They shouldn't have done that. But it's the same league, the NFL, that has all these partnerships in place with sports betting companies. I mean, some people might call that hypocritical. Yeah, I, I could see that. It's definitely a complicated issue. And that's how I'd sum up sports gambling today. Complicated. Yeah, we've seen a combination of technology and regulation essentially almost overnight inject billions and billions of dollars into this new sports betting economy. But at what cost? 
Some view sports betting as a lighthearted hobby, and hey, fair enough if that's what it is for you, but many out there, it's a lot more than that. It can be dangerous. You can credit the tech teams behind companies like FanDuel and DraftKings for creating incredibly engaging apps, but is that engagement ethical? It's at least a question worth thinking about, especially as we get ready for the onslaught of television commercials asking us if we're ready to place our bets using those devices conveniently located inside our pockets. Yes, it's about that time of year when we're going to get flooded with those ads, aren't we? They're just going to come right at us from here on out. But <laughs> that's going to wrap things up for today. Uh, so for Michael Saka, I'm Mike Belsito, and this is Rocketship.fm. Thank you so much for listening to Rocketship.fm. It is your support that keeps the show going. If you can, take a second and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps out the show so much. We're also part of the Podglomerate Network. And if you'd like to listen to more great shows from the Podglomerate, go to thepodglomerate.com to see the full show listings. Rocketship.fm is produced in partnership with Product Collective, a community for product people. Go to productcollective.com and get access to our weekly newsletter, live video interviews, Slack community, product job board, and a whole lot more. Again, just go to productcollective.com.